As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Ohio Dirt Track Podcast. We are here with episode 16. My name is Clint. And I'm Jacob. And we have a twofer this week. We have two interviews, two drivers, two different types of cars, both from Worcester, Ohio. Uh, local-born drivers, uh, one out on a national tour and one running the local tracks. Jacob, you got to talk with Sheldon Hoddenshield a little bit on the road on Sunday. Right. So uh, after Sheldon just completely beat everyone's ass Saturday night at Peebley, uh, I mean, they were turning 11-second lap times, and he won by like over 10 seconds. He lapped up to fifth place. Uh, we talked to Sheldon about it in his upcoming week at the Knoxville Nationals. It sounds like he's going to have a pretty good week, uh, and I definitely think his team is starting to hit their stride with a great finish at uh, Kings Royal, and they backed it up with the big Ironman win. That was definitely a, a, a showcase race for him so far this year, and you were able to get in touch with him while he was uh, he and Zan were tracking out from Peebley to Knoxville. Uh, that was one of the most exciting moments I've seen all year on the World Outlaws Tour. I was literally standing in my chair uh, screaming, lap them all, lap them all. <laughs> <laughs> that was an exciting race, and uh, we have a, a chance to talk with Sheldon. Right after that, we're going to roll right into an interview with a, uh, a local our local late model driver, Doug Drown, who is set up to... Uh, who's running two different point series between Attica, Wayne County, and set up for the Dirt Million coming up at Mansfield Motor Speedway. As always, we're coming to you from the home of the Ohio Dirt Track podcast in the St. Pete District Studios, downtown Mansfield. St. Pete District Studios is a full-service recording studio that can meet any of your recording needs. Rob will get you in and get you taken care of. Rock and roll, gospel, jazz, opera, heavy metal, you name it, they'll record it. Even commercial or podcast needs. Rob has clearly made major improvements to the sound of the Ohio Dirt Track podcast, and we want to share that with you as well. So for booking, email rob at robinrecorder at gmail.com or find them on Facebook at St. Pete District Studios. Without wasting any more time, I want to dive right into the conversation that Jacob was able to have with Sheldon on the road out to Knoxville. Have a listen. All right, folks, I'm here with Sheldon Hoddenshield uh, on the phone. He is trucking to Knoxville currently. Uh, we got him on the phone after his utterly dominating Ironman 55 win last night. Uh, so, Sheldon, uh, you started on pole, and then Donnie, Sh Shots, and Tim Schaefer got by you kind of early. 
uh, but you got back by them 10 laps in. So can you kind of describe your race there? Uh, yeah, just had a good dash, started on the pull of feature, uh, and after the track work, and I don't know what, I don't think anybody really knew what to expect. So just uh, kind of wait and see how it played out. And Chase and Donnie both got by me and uh, just kind of followed them around there until we got to lap traffic. And and uh, once we did get to it, uh, you know, I just kind of had my mind made up and get around them and, and get through lap traffic best as I could. It's well known that you won by over 10 seconds on a track where the lap seconds were in the 11 second range and you lapped up to like fifth place. Uh, so was it worrying not being able or not knowing exactly where second place was? Uh, no, you know, I wasn't really worried about it. And, uh, you know, I figured my pace was pretty good and, um, I don't know, I felt like I was getting through lappers good and just kind of was focusing on hitting my marks and, and making smooth laps. And uh, I feel like I did that pretty well. So, uh, you know, and, and once I got to, you know, lapping cars like the 49 and the 41, and, and you know, I didn't really think about it. I just maybe thought them guys were having not a great night. And, but once I got to Schaefer, then I, I was kind of wondering what was up after that because I knew I was just racing him for the lead uh, a little bit before that. So, How tough was it leading those 45 laps and working through heavy lap traffic almost each one of those laps uh, without really making any of those big mistakes? It wasn't really that hard. Uh, when you're that comfortable and, and feeling good, uh, everything was just playing out just right and we were rolling. You and your team seemed to be hitting your stride. Uh, you had a really good run at the Kings Royal, and then obviously you got the big win last night. Uh, so what's been your key there? We've just been working on our car and, and trying to get it a little bit better and uh, just getting me comfortable in it. Um, yeah, I think that's just been the biggest thing. and. Uh, you know, it's happening at a good time, so I've uh, just been working on that. How much confidence does this give you going into the biggest week of the year? Definitely a lot. You know, this is the week to be doing it and, and feeling good, so, um, you know, it, it helps everybody. My confidence, the team, uh, everybody, so, yeah, definitely the right week to be doing it. Was it cool uh, being able to be so dominant in front of your dad as well? You know, I don't really think about it. Uh, you know, it was cool that he was there and, and stuff like that. But, you know, when we're on the track, it's just another guy. But, uh, you know, to see him all pumped up after the feature uh, is pretty cool. Uh, so the Hoddenshield family and the Jacobs family, uh, they've been friends forever. Uh, so how cool is it knowing that uh, you and your dad raced together last night at the same place? And on the same night, four members of the Jacobs family raced at Wayne County Speedway with both a Hoddenshield and a Jacobs uh, picking up a win. Yeah, definitely uh, pretty cool. Um it's pretty wild to to look back at it 
to see how long they've been friends and, and more like family. So uh, to see everybody racing all around the country and racing together is pretty special. Uh, how are you feeling going into the Knoxville Nationals? Do you like have any certain expectations or? Not really. Just uh, you know, go as fast as we can and and get through our qualifying night and and make good laps there too. Sheldon, that's about all I had for you. So uh, we appreciate you coming on to the Ohio Dirt Track podcast. And uh, yeah, good luck at the Knoxville Nationals. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. So once again, we thank Sheldon for taking a few minutes out of the day to talk to us about his dominating win out at Peasley. Uh, now we're going to go to probably one of the most dominant late model drivers in our area, uh, Doug Drown. He's been racing a lot at Attica and Wayne County this year. Uh, he's the Attica points leader, and he's just been utterly dominant no matter what he's racing between the Late model, modified, street stock. He's won a lot, a lot of races this year. So have a listen to Doug Brown. All right. We're on the phone here with local Ohio late model driver, Doug Drown, who's had uh, quite a quite a few successful weekends here coming out of Attica and Wayne County. Doug, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Hey, no problem. Glad you guys had me on. So you've got some uh, your, your steamrolling here for the last few weeks. You uh, coming off a third place just a few weeks ago in Attica, and then back to back wins in Wayne County over the last couple weekends, if I am correct. Yeah, we got kind of yeah, we're a little off there at Attica uh, the last time we raced there, but uh, then we worked on some things and got you know we were pretty good for Saturday night there at Wayne County and was able to get the win and then. Uh, for that ultimate race. And then this weekend we had a gimme. Uh, we went way wrong on tire. We kind of overthought it and shouldn't do that as much as we race there and stuff, but we kind of wanted to try the harder tire. So we did, and it really killed us. And Gentry was able to just pull away, but then he had a mechanical issue and kind uh, of give us the win. I'd say, I don't want to, can't be too excited about winning one when you kind of were given it, but, uh, we were definitely a second place car that night, but I guess you have to be in position to win too. So, um, we were good enough to be there, uh, you know, to put us in position to win. So would you say, would you say that Wayne County is your, your home track? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it, we kind of went where I thought Attica was my home track. So just, even though it's an hour and a half away, but it, uh, Wayne County is only 15 minutes from our shop. and. Uh, Jason and Kristen do a phenomenal job out there and, and they definitely work hard. I know every place says, oh, nobody works harder than me and all that. But when it comes to Wayne County, I mean, a lot of places have people in place that don't have full-time jobs or they have part-time jobs and then they are able to do the racetrack stuff where Jason and Kristen both have full-time jobs. Everybody that works on that staff does. Um, so it really is just people that love racing. Um, you know, kind of giving back and doing what they can to give us a place to race. And I'm sure they're not getting rich doing it. So um, definitely like to support them as much as we can. And a lot of people don't understand why we do that, but you know, why we race there a lot and stuff. And it's when it is only 15 minutes, hard not to, you know, and and you can finish in the top so many, um, it's kind of crazy not to go there. So, and, and you can race all over the place. We had the uh, we had the chance to talk with Jason earlier this year uh, when they 
threw that all-star sprint race in. And uh, it's, it's obvious how passionate he is about it. Um, I actually had the chance to ride in a push truck with him last year. Uh, and it's, it's clear how much he cares about that racetrack. And, and, you know, hearing from the drivers we've talked to and you as well, it's, it's recognized and, and from the fans too. So um, it's, a, it's a good place to see a race, whether it's a late model, sprint car, or whatever it is you're going to see. That's it. He does go all the way around with it, you know, and that's why people ask why I'm racing the street stock even. And those things aren't easy to drive. I feel like the late models are way easier to wheel around there. So you got to give, uh, it gives me a perspective of race because I started in late models. So when uh, dropping down, it gives you, uh, I guess, appreciation to those guys. Yeah, they might not get the most attention um, for being the top class or the fastest just because they're not fast or as fast as sprints and late models doesn't mean they're not difficult to navigate around the racetrack. So, um, so that's why I don't feel like I have any advantage racing over the, you know, the guys that do it every or all the time, but, um, but it is a great race. And I think for all classes there and if fans stick around, no matter what class they're watching, they probably are going to see some good side-by-side racing. I was looking on your site and uh, it saw, I saw that, You've made 32 starts and you have 16 wins. So you literally won half of your races this year. Uh, what's your key to being so dominant? Just having good people around me. Um, I have Cody Duncan. Um, he's, you know, went on the road with Mark. He started with us. He's lived with me um, for a long time. Charlie Duncan at race. It's his son, but um just having the right people around you. I've got a good group. Um, him doing the car all week long while I focus on our business and, um, and driving truck myself. And then I can do still be there for my family instead of working at the extra hours in the evening on the car, which I do go one or two days a week. That's about it. And Cody does the rest. And then Steve who works for me as well for my truck company, he does my tires and, and my father does a lot as well. And, we kind of just, like I said, if you keep good people around you, good things happen. And, and with um, the Doherty's family, with the street stock, literally I just get in and drive. And he asked me, what do I feel? I tell him, and Bobby, the boy, makes adjustments, and he does a phenomenal job maintenance of car. So I really believe it's just preparation meeting opportunity, and we're preparing our late model. And as they're doing the street stock, um, and that's basically the success. And for me, I can just focus on driving and, and the more you race, the better, I think it's more consistent and, uh, yeah, we're just kind of making the right calls right now. And which is great. And we have the phenomenal race car with the late model, the black diamond chassis really fits me well. Uh, we tried the longhorn last year and it might've just been a bad car. I don't know, but it did not have the feel I was hoping for. And then we got this black diamond right out of the gate I could tell it was going to be a good one. Doug, you had starts in a late model, the street stock, and the modified. So is there anything that you won't drive? No, I pretty much – like I, somebody asked me last week, what the, well, I think it was Dean – might have been Dean Jacobs or one of the Jacobs guys asked me if, uh, if I was ever going to get into sprint car or whatever. And I said, I, I don't have a problem trying it out, but I want to make sure it's one that's proven. Because it's easy, you know, you don't want to struggle or make uh, a butt of yourself, you know, driving something else for the first time. But my thought is, is if I know it can get around a racetrack and it shows it's competitive, 
and basically it's if I'm not getting around there the same way, then it's me needing to adjust. And so, and I feel like no matter what, you know, once I get a few laps under me, I get the feel of it and we'll be good to go. But it's just, it's one thing I've always done is, uh, like figuring out how to go faster. So if I can get in a sprint car that's been proven, I probably, uh, give it a shot. And from what Donnie shots, um, some of the Jacobs, and the other ones that's tried to go from the sprints down to a late model, they said they're way too hard to drive. Sprint cars are easier. So my hope is that if I ever do it, that that would be the case, and I'd really get uh, right after it and, and not make it idiot of myself. So did you did you say you started in a late model? Is that uh, was that your first racing experience, or was it a uh, super stock or something something other? Well, actually, my very first race. I was uh, 15, 14 or 15. And, you know, those push, the push buggies that are a little bit nicer looking, they kind of look like part of a race car, Wayne County, or, or has the bigger tires on the back and stuff. Well, that's actually, they had a run with Jabrung in the late model. So, and my dad and them built one for my sister's uh, boyfriend at the time back in the day in 93. And that's actually the first thing I raced was a push buggy that was made to start sprint cars. And I finished ninth in that race, um, in that down at Lakeville speedway. And that was the first thing I ever drove. But then I went straight into, then once I proved that I was okay in that didn't uh, knock the fenders off or, or anything. <laughs> and, uh, dad, let me, let me get into the, our backup car that we had at that time for Charlie Duncan because he was our team driver and uh yeah we missed the race by one night um which I think it was to Matt Miller even in the B main and it was a deal where Wayne County used to get 38 cars on a local night and it was just a deal where I didn't make the race and ended up uh I sat and then the following year because that was the end of the year and then the following year I started basically June 12th of uh 1999 in the limited late model class, basically steel motor, uh, narrower tires. And then the very next year in 2000, when I went basically full blown into the late models. So you've got about 18 years, uh, in in the full blown late model or super late model at this point. Uh, I I noticed that you've ran all the local tracks from Lakeville to Worcester to Attica. Uh, and that's why you ventured out in, in Pennsylvania. Is that something that you've been, uh, you've been traveling, uh, to the east or the west for for years? Are there places that you've been that you really love, or places that you haven't been that you want to get to? There's definitely yeah, we. My third year ever racing, we jumped right into and ran. And it was the last year for their Renegade series. Uh, was kind of Star Series, Renegade Dirt Car Series. We jumped into that, and that's where we. I basically started traveling around. I had my open trailer and everything. I mean, I was like the shoestring traveler, like Chubb Frank, uh, basically was back in the day and of this era, I guess you could say, because everybody else had big haulers and stuff. And there I am with my one car, one engine, just trying. And, uh, we ended up at 11th that year in points, but we didn't go to Florida. So that really hurt us come later. I should have went if I was going to go ahead and do it, but we got to a lot of different tracks, uh, North Carolina and Virginia, um, Kentucky, a lot of different ones that was on that schedule that year. And I learned that 
I felt that's how I'm going to learn quick. If I just sit here and run locally, it wasn't going to speed up my process to catch up to the, the best drivers in our area, like Ryan Markham and Gentry and stuff. It was, I was going to struggle, I think, but by doing that, why and uh, yeah i don't know exactly how many tracks we've been to but my brother dan he he helps us on the car and stuff but he has my stats down like crazy like i didn't even know we won our 150th late model race which was the very first one of the year this year and uh since we missed it now i feel like we got to get to 200 which if we keep doing what we're doing we'll we'll get there sooner or late than later but uh no and it's just now it's just the traveling expenses wise to get places everybody complains about how much more expensive racing is and it really is and i mean yeah you're talking five dollars a night or a pit pass and tires are pretty much five to ten dollars a tire more which you only go through a couple so yeah you're looking at basically 50 bucks a weekend it's more however when you look at the fuel part of it you know you're almost a dollar a gallon difference and that's kind of I guess the bigger thing. And then when you go to other tracks, all the money is pretty much the same. So that's why we now have kind of stuck closer to home. And then with Attica's points deal, uh, it's really made it a lot easier to stay there with, uh, as long as you can finish at one or two spot, it makes sense. But, um, so it's hard to chase money without that fuel sponsor and stuff. And if we have that, then I, I feel like next year, even we're going to venture out a lot more. But tracks I want to get to, to get back on that, yeah, I want to get to Knoxville, uh, I-80. Really, those are the, the two that I have kind of have on my bucket list. Uh, you mentioned, like, Ryan Markham and J.R. Gentry, uh, and I've watched you have some really great battles with Ryan and uh, Rusty Schlenk at Irie. Uh, so who would be the toughest local competitor that you go up against, and then who would be, like, the toughest uh, non-local that you race again? Um, like where we race more often, especially around this area, because Rusty gets around there, you know, and we've raced against any, uh, or, you know, pretty much everybody now. Um, but Ryan definitely is my biggest. And I, I don't know, to me, we're kind of the yin and yang or whatever, because we balance each other out. If he's not racing, then and they are really good this year, but I'm just going to say between Ryan and I, if one of us isn't there, then normally that person ends uh, because we just drive hard. We do what we can, whatever it is to win. He works on his stuff. We have, you know, he, and you can take a bad car. There's a few drivers that can take bad cars and still uh, win with them. And Ryan's one of those guys. And that's what a lot of people think. I don't like him. And I know they might not like me, but, I don't. I respect Ryan a lot. I think he's a heck of a race car driver. He's one of the first ones that's helped me um, when I was getting started with information, and then all of a sudden started getting better and better, and and now I kind of taken that I don't know the reign I guess of winning quite a bit. So, um, so I just think we balance each other out. I mean, it, it's but he's I'd say the local guy, and then Rusty on the regional level uh, for sure. And then if we're up in the northern part, and then when we're down south, um, you're looking at Jackie Boggs or the Conleys that, you know, I look as those are my competition that i got to worry about beating when we go down to the southern places. 
So you speak of uh, you're talking about you know running against these these local drivers. I on this episode of the podcast, we had the chance to talk to uh, Sheldon Hodgenshield on Sunday while he was on his way out to Knoxville, and we're going to couple you guys together uh, since you're both from Wayne County. Can you talk a little bit about uh, you know the racing culture or the racing family in, in Wayne County? Do you uh, do you ever cross cross paths with the Hodgenshield family? Um, and and you know it's a it's a a deep embedded history over there. Um, how close is it? And, and, you know, how do you guys support each other and, and work together or do you, or do you get to see them very much? No, like really we don't. I mean, Sheldon, I don't say they don't get out, but obviously we all don't get out at the same times. Um, cause we've been to a couple places, a bar or whatever bar and grill deal and you can see each other, but it's just, Hey, how you doing type stuff. Um, it, and Jack is actually more so than Sheldon. Sheldon, I've, I've never seen him. I guess he's always on the go or he's always doing something. So, right. <laughs> um, but obviously, it's not that I wouldn't want to because, I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, chill with them? But, I mean, they all have their clique, a group of people. We have friends, of fr- you know, mutual friends. And, uh, you know, they kind of fill you in on what's happening. We've gone over there and raced go-karts and stuff. But, like at ordeal Sheldon wasn't there that day. It was Jack and a couple of the other guys. Um, but literally they are not but four miles from my house. JR lives, I think a mile and a half from us, you know, one road connects us and, uh, and it's, it's crazy, but really we all kind of do our own thing. I mean, we all, you know, our garage, I guess is more, if you need something, then you come ask, um, but because we try to keep a lot of stuff on hand, but we don't really have that going out and stuff. I really think we should. Um, and actually, that's what I was thinking for this year was an end-of-the-year race party where you invite pretty much anybody and everybody because we all have the like-minded, you know, passion for the sport. So even if it's a party, we all have a, like, you know, have a good time, then uh, no matter what, if they, they don't have to feel awkward coming because we all, sh- you know, share that that interest well, this is a good place to spread that word if you're interested in getting it started there you go end of the year go-kart race that's what i would like to see heck yeah well then i thought about that was renting one of the places out and or even is you know sheldon place would be great because it's a dirt track so that'd be awesome but uh and then when we go up to the medina indoor kart deal you see sheldon's name and uh eric and a couple of those uh to help his crew and then normally there's our group right there in the mix cody he's really good at the go-kart so he's in the mix with me i'm for whatever reason i just can't figure out the stuff but we're still in those top uh names but usually uh once it's a new month or whatever we're all up there but we've never gone together so i think maybe this is a a thing where maybe i should and to say i'm renting the place out and invite all of them up on a weekend that we're all not racing well yeah, that sounds like something that could be very interesting for you know for a bunch of a bunch of Ohio drivers to get together. And uh, every time we have a new podcast, we get new ideas. So uh, there you might, go. That might be something we can work together on. <laughs> Absolutely, sounds well, a good idea to me. We'll put Cody Sommer on it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of speaking of Ohio drivers and Cody Summer, uh, in just a few weeks here, we've got the Dirt Million coming up. This will be the second year of the Dirt Million and your second year back. And uh, one of the you know one of the unique features of of the Dirt Million is that uh, fans can support you uh, and they can through the website and help you out with those pit passes and things like that. Um, and your name is up on the website and have, are you feeling, uh, what are you feeling about the dirt million this year? Um, uh, going into a, a three night event. I'm definitely feeling like the way our car has been. I know like, that's one thing when you don't race, maybe the best competition every week, you got to race a stopwatch and everywhere we've been, um, we've been quick. And I really think this year we'll, you know, I missed it last year with a car. I really didn't care for and threw me for a loop, never felt right. And we only missed it by, I think point Oh, whatever at the line in that B main with Nick Hoffman. And obviously I, I remember it. <laughs> That's why I can, you know, rattle it off real quick because it ate at me not making that race. Um, you know, I, I think it's a great thing what Cody's doing for the people. Um, but to me, I think that support deal, to me, I think you should throw away anybody that's won a national race like that as far as being in the point system because they are the best in the country. They're doing it a week in and week out. They obviously have the money to do it. So why do they need a free pass into the race? To me, earn their way in. But when you get the regional local, and to me, that's who might not be – it's hard to get in the race. But once you're in a race, it's easy to run a hundred laps. People don't understand that part. Just like myself, never got into the world or anything. But when you talk to people, it's the hardest part of that whole weekend is not the hundred lapper. It's just getting in. So to me, the, I don't know. I have a major issue when I see Bobby. That's why I don't even push the deal for fans to vote for me and everything. Because and then you're, I'm not more than likely going to have more fans than Scott Bloomquist. Yeah, I could do some strategic ways of getting in and all that, but if Scott Bloomquist can't race his way into that race, then he should be staying at home. That's just my personal opinion. Bobby Pierce the same way. Those guys wheel the heck out of race cars. They're better than all of us. So why wouldn't you want to see regional guys maybe have their shot at that big money versus guys that race for it every week? You know, they got free passes on and stuff. So regardless, that's my pet peeve on that, but I'm definitely looking forward and I'd be disappointed if we didn't make the race this year, but it is a tricky format. So hopefully uh, we're just faster than a lot of the guys and we can make it in. I was going to mention you are you know, one of the fewer uh, local, local drivers um, that are, that are going in. Um, and a lot of the, all the guys on the tour in are in are registered obviously. And we're excited to see as, as many Ohio drivers as we can uh, get in there. Um, so last year, you know, I had a good showing on, on Friday night. Uh, I believe you ended up qualifying in the heat race. You, let's see, you went in, fin- I mean, it's finished up 17th, I believe, in your duel. Um, qualified ninth, I believe, if, if that was correctly. Yeah. Uh, so it was strong showing going into Friday night. And uh, hopefully this year, um, you got three nights, a little more time on the track. Do you feel like that's an advantage uh, when you add a night and make it a, a three-night show? That seems to be the trend that's going on uh, over, as the as we progress in the years here, stretching two-night shows into three-night shows. Yeah, it definitely is a great way they're doing the format this year because 
like Eldor's deal, even if I don't make, or you make one of those prelims, those obviously it's a little bit easier to make. Obviously now when you have 48 cars, we'll say making features versus 24. So everybody, you know, you got 48 people have an opportunity to get that start money. So then you can walk out of there with 14, 1500 bucks and it makes sense to, to attempt races like that. But if it was only one race, 10,000 each, and you end up only 24 cars making those races, kind of like the North South this week, you got, there's going to be a lot of cars, but, and that's what we did last year. You make one race. Okay. We walked out of there with $900, but it cost me $2,800 to race that weekend. And that's just doesn't make sense to attempt. Now, um, like this deal, even if you make two races in the non-qualifier, you should walk around or walk out of there with, I would say, you know, minimum a thousand dollars, but with the tire rule in place that you only can run, uh, basically a maximum of seven tires a night, the four on the car and then replace three. I think, you know, you, it shouldn't be that bad and, uh, you can kind of break even taking an opportunity going to, uh, make it. So I think yes, this year will be more cars possibly than last year. Uh, just because of that format and it definitely getting better on the racetrack. Uh, so when it comes that Saturday, we can be fine tuned and, and, uh, give it our best shot. So how cool is it kind of racing in Ohio? Uh, since Ohio kind of has like those three crown jewel events with the dream, the dirt million and the world 100. It is awesome. I mean, that's one thing I'm definitely glad I live where I live because, even for like hot and shields myself, no matter what it is for uh type of racing, we have a lot of big races just right here in Ohio and uh prestige things. And, and it's, I guess it's something I want to do be successful at. I would love to have some good showings and I know no, hardly anybody ever remembers finishing second, but your family in, in big things like that. But, you know, we have opportunities to shine in our home state here and then we do have obviously a lot of people from Ohio that goes to watch these races. So you get to, you know, be on display and show them uh, how well you do and, and be competitive with the, the best of the best in the country as far as drivers. So it's definitely a proud uh, thing to be a Buckeye and, and have all these uh, wonderful races in this area. You know, you get dirt track world championship and then the ones at Eldora um, ports. I mean, it, we just have a lot of good races, uh, and race tracks and, you know, it's hats off to these promoters that, uh, make it happen. Doug, we definitely are looking forward to the dirt million. I did have one more question I wanted to ask you. I know you've, uh, you, you've, you've run some big races, uh, the atmosphere last year at the dirt million first time event, people came from all over the country. Literally. I met some people from Canada, uh, what was, what did it feel like uh, as a driver? What did the energy feel like there, you know, to compared to some of those crown jewel events? Do you, do you think it's something that is, uh, that the excitement is going to be sustainable and, and going to roll on year to year? I hope so. I mean, it is definitely, I know a lot of the people in our area that don't go to races every week. They do make sure they go to go to that. And, uh, I'm just definitely looking forward to, that feeling again. Yeah. Cause when you come off them turns and the, the fans, when you have that many fans and they're standing on their feet and everything else, that's uh, pretty awesome. And then when you have that, the grandstands, the way they are, just the way the whole place is laid out. Um, it's, it's a great feeling as a, a driver to be part of something that uh, like Cody has put in to 
resurrecting that place, you know, making it like Trump, making it great again. And, uh, that's what's, it's awesome, you know, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. And then the people that normally don't get to see us race, uh, like you say, there's the ones from Canada, ones from different States coming up getting autographs, pictures taken and stuff. And it, uh, was really cool to, to be part of that. And I'm definitely looking forward to it again this year. So we're just two weekends away from the, the dirt million at Mansfield motor speedway. Uh, you can catch Doug drown in action there on the 22nd, 23rd, 24th of August, Doug, between now and then we've got two race weekends. Where can we see you racing, uh, on the weekend of the 9th, 10th or 16th, 17th? Um, right now we're going to, yeah, this week we're going to be at Wayne County just on Saturday. Um, and then the following weekend, we're going to be at Attica for their, uh, because we have two more points nights there. So, and we're leading that just by barely 11 points. So we're just hoping to have some good finishes on the 16th at Attica and then 17th Wayne County's championship. And then on, uh, yeah, then it'll be the dirt million. And then we'll, the, the Labor Day weekend, we're going to finish up at Attica's season championship and, and then, uh, yeah figure out what we're going to do the rest of that weekend so but right now we're just focusing each race the next race and get ready for uh really that dirt million it's kind of why i'm saving and only racing the minimum race i have to right now to kind of wrap up points deals and then uh really have something left and we'll put our other motor back in for uh the dirt million and hopefully like i say make those races and have a good showing for for uh, our local people and and everything and represent our guys well awesome so that's four straight weekends of uh you said saving but that's four straight weekends uh seven nights of racing total so that's big weekends and uh we we hope that they're all very successful for you uh whether it's wayne county attica mansfield motor speedway um, we'll either myself or Jacob will probably be at uh, a, a handful of those races. I'll definitely be seeing you at Mansfield Motor Speedway for the Dirt Million. Doug, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much for having me on and definitely looking forward to these uh, races coming up. All right. Thanks. Best of luck to you. All right, thanks to Doug for for joining us this this week to talk uh, to continue our conversation about late models as we lead up to the Dirt Million here. But as you heard mentioned there at the end of that interview, there's a lot of other racing going on between uh, all the other local tracks in the area, whether it be sprint cars or late models. Jacob, where are we going to catch you this weekend? Oh, Friday night. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, Attic is not racing due to the Attic affair. Uh, so Friday night. Uh, I kind of have my eyes on Gas City for the Boss Show, so go see some non-wing racing in Indiana. Uh, but Limeland, I think, has the 360s along with their normal show. Or who knows, I may just take a rare night off from the races Friday night and uh, hang out with friends and 
do some catching up. But Saturday night, uh, I'm still up in the air. Maybe Fremont for their regular show, or I might go see the non-wing guys again at Oakshade. The uh, Sprint cars haven't been at Oakshade in probably about 20 years, so uh, it's going to be tough to pass that one up. So what you're saying is you have no idea where you're going to go this weekend? Absolutely no idea. <laughs> one thing's guaranteed, you're going to be at the races Friday and Saturday. That's guaranteed, right? I mean, well, well Friday's kind of up in the air, you know, <laughs> but you got to have a night off every now if and you, then. <laughs> if you are not at a track Friday night, I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to call you and ask you if you're feeling feeling okay. Are you sick, Jacob? I don't know. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. All right, well. Uh, lots of racing coming up and get out this weekend. Uh, check it out uh, at, at any of these dirt tracks here in Ohio. Um, if I'm feeling froggy, I might take off Friday and head to Knoxville. Just saying. I don't know. But uh, if not, you can catch me Saturday night at, a, uh, at maybe Wayne County. But uh, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you to Sheldon Hodenshield for joining us, and thank you, Doug Drown, for your time. And to you, the listeners, we really appreciate it. Uh, we still have some of those hats available. Let us know, 20 bucks, send us a message, uh, and we will get them out to you. Also, make sure you're sharing our episodes and, and leaving us some comments on, on Twitter, Facebook. Let us know what you're thinking here. Give us a review on iTunes. Uh, that's very important, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, get out, get dirty, and support your local tracks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.